Before we begin this episode of Real Students, Real Stories, we want to let listeners know that support is available. If you or someone you know is struggling, you can contact Seeking Uni Counselling Service or Seeking Uni Out of Hours Student Support Line. Details at cku.edu.au backslash counselling. For 24-hour crisis phone support, contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Honestly, I didn't really think I'd make it past 18. Um, I was in a spot where I was so just depressed that that I didn't think that, like I just thought there'd be a point where I'd snap. Yeah, so I struggle with um, focus, often miss instruction. Um, I'm highly impulsive. Um, and I find that this is worse when I'm hungry or tired. Who has been someone who is always so sure of herself, I suppose. Yeah, always sort of had this idea of what life was supposed to be like. It was really daunting for me to suddenly wake up one day and not be sure of that and not be sure where I fit. Welcome to Real Students, Real Stories, a Seek University podcast that hears directly from students about how they've experienced mental health challenges and some of the places they've found help. We acknowledge that listeners may also have their own lived experience of mental health or know people that do. If you become upset while listening to this podcast, take the time that you need to look after yourself. Take a deep breath, have a glass of water, tense and relax your muscles, allow your attention to wander to your surroundings and notice what you see, hear and feel. I'm Liza Costello, Seek University's Student Wellbeing Coordinator. Today we're talking to Asaba, Raf and Emma. Not because they've got uncommon stories, but because actually mental health affects so many of us. In fact, one in four Australians are currently living with depression or anxiety, or both. And most people don't know it, but university students are five times more likely to be diagnosed with a mental health difficulty compared to the general public, with 75% of mental ill health developing before the age of 25. So almost half of all Australians will experience a mental illness in their lifetime. And especially in the midst of a pandemic, there's a lot that can put us in a tough place mentally. More on that soon, but first, Let's meet our students. So my name is Emma McGuire. I'm in my last year of a Bachelor of Exercise and Sports Science here at Central Queensland University. I'm also studying a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and also an undergraduate certificate in Medical Science. So I've still got a number of years left at uni and (laughs) every time people ask me, I just say forever. always going to be at uni in high school it got to a point where I was really struggling trying to find my place in the world it wasn't so much fear of failure I I knew I was capable of doing it I I just was scared to do it I guess but I just would sit all day and I could have my computer open in front of me and not type a single word 
Emma first sought help for anxiety and depression in high school, following a difficult period of time triggered by an incident. Now, Emma's been sport obsessed since she was a kid, the one always running around, out at lunchtime, playing in the street. But her condition meant that finding the energy to do what she loved most, playing sport, became too much. Asaba Mashiach, who's doing a Bachelor of Medical Science in Rockhampton, also began struggling with anxiety and depression from a young age. Whilst also battling an autoimmune disease, lupus, Asaba started self-harming when she was just 11 and sought mental health support when she was 15. But she can tell you, it wasn't easy. I had people telling me, like, you know, you're always so happy. How can you be depressed? It's just a phase. It's just because you're a teenager, you just got a lot of hormones. And then I guess it got to a point where I was like, this is not only affecting me, this is affecting um, my family, the people around me. And this is something that needs medical attention and I need help. Hearing people dismiss how you're feeling or not take mental health seriously can have a huge impact. Stigma makes recovery from mental ill health harder. But we can all help reduce that stigma. That sort of discounting and saying that it doesn't exist, I guess put that in my mind um, a while ago that it maybe wasn't a real thing and you know, people are, are making more of a deal than it actually is. Um, and I feel like until you've been through that, you can't really, you don't know how, to, um, how it feels or um, to what the other person's going through. That's Raf, a mature age student who's doing his Master of Secondary Education in Cairns. He had to deal with stigma from people around him and from within himself when a big life change last year made things tough. I decided to leave my sort of good um, network of family and friends in the United Kingdom and move back to Australia in September 2020 and um, sort of look for work for a while in my original field of work that I was doing in England, which was working as a mechanic. Um, but I didn't really find any work in that field. So I decided to um, go back to uni and um, started master's in secondary education. So I suffer with attention deficit hyperactive disorder, which I found out I was diagnosed with at the age of eight, but I was only told last year about it. Um, mainly because my father didn't want me to be medicated or treated differently. Um, I also have a family history of depression and anxiety, which um, I'm also affected by. It's not surprising that it's in our uni years when mental health challenges emerge. It's a time when students have heightened academic and financial stress, risks of isolation and loneliness, and are still developing their self-care practices. In the last couple of years, Trying to study remotely and often cut off from the usual support networks has made things especially hard. So if you've been feeling it, you're definitely not alone. It was probably about the beginning of this year. Uh, I, I, actually, I've been struggling with um, suicidal thoughts and I, I, I thought um, I knew that that wouldn't help me um, in the sense that, you know, I had a lot of people that cared about me and um, a lot of like my, my family and friend network wouldn't want that and so um, 
I decided that I wanted to do something about it. So it was a lot of, I guess, getting to the absolute extreme of my emotions, like not being able to handle it anymore um, and just doing a lot of reckless things that I guess it made my parents go as well. But like, yeah, this needs help now. We need to take her to a doctor. So I remember the conversation I had with mum. She'd noticed I'd been down um, and, and said that maybe I should be doing some talking therapy and asked if that was something that the university offered. And so they did, and here I am, talking about how um, I went, went through that. We're glad you're here, and we're glad you're talking about it, Raf. Emma, Raf, and Asaba all decided to ask for help. That can feel like a huge step. It takes a lot of courage, but it's helpful to know that taking the first step can be done in many ways. When I often didn't feel like talking to anyone and it was maybe late at night, I often went to um, Kids Helpline, I think. And it was just like you'd just text basically uh, uh, like a counsellor um, and you just have a conversation with them. And, yeah, it was, it was a less stressful way of expressing how you're feeling. This first session went really well. Um, it was more about finding out who, how I was thinking and um, talking about uh, where I was at at that point and what led me to get to that point. I guess, yeah, that gave me a break from when I was feeling anxious or stressed. I, I meet up with my psychologist every few weeks um, over Zoom. Yeah, it's very relaxed and safe. I know, sorry, what I say won't. You know, it's confidential. Uh, she doesn't judge me or the things that I say. So sometimes that might be something absurd or abnormal, but she just listens. One of the main things that uh, we talked about was building support networks. Making the step between knowing you need help and getting help can feel overwhelming. Where do I go? What will happen? And more to the question. How can I pay for this? Today we can help answer some of those questions. As students, you have access to free support provided by CQUni Counselling Service and the CQUni Out of Hours Student Support Line. Alternatively, if you're looking for help beyond uni, you're also in good hands. In Australia, we're lucky to have one of the best healthcare systems in the world. Through booking an appointment with your GP for a mental health care plan, you can be referred to a psychologist and provided six sessions. Now, this may be extended to 10 sessions if you need it over a 12-month period. Sometimes you can be bulk billed, but depending on the psychologist, you may need to pay what's known as the gap fee. For all our international students listening, the same steps apply. Overseas student health cover works in the same way Medicare does to cover the costs or reduce. Like when I first started going to a psychologist, um, I was a bit wary because, um, I don't know, it just, nobody really told me what was going to happen. At first, I would list, like, I would say to them, yeah, sure, I'll try it. But in all honesty, I kind of disregarded everything they'd said because um, I just wasn't sure or comfortable. Um, but then I think later, 
um, more recently when I when I go see a psychologist, um, I found myself being more receptive to the ideas, even if um, when trying them at first, it can feel cringy. A lot of people initially don't find the right fit for them, um, but for me, I was lucky enough to to find a good fit for me. I went to my GP, got the Medicare mental health care plan, uh, referred on to a psychologist, started seeing that psychologist. And I think initially I actually saw her weekly. Um, obviously now it's whenever I need to go. Um, it doesn't always have to be going to see someone uh, for a negative experience. I also go and see my psychologist when posit- really, really positive things have happened in my life and, you know, bought a new car and was so excited and went and told my psychologist and she was so pleased for me. All right. And when it comes to your first session, here's what to know. It's essentially about finding out about you, what's been happening lately, what your goals for therapy are, and for the psychologist really to put together a treatment plan. You don't need to worry about what to share in session because everything you say is confidential. There also isn't any pressure to know what to say and how to say it. The psychologist asks the guiding questions to ensure that they get all the information they need. The best bit is that you get to decide from there if the psychologist feels like the right fit for you and if you want to continue on to see them. Now, working with a psychologist isn't an instant fix. And as the Sabra explains, it does take some hard work too. I think a really good analogy for therapy is like when you've got a really messy cupboard and you haven't like cleaned it in like, I don't know, months. And then one day you're like, you know what? I can't fit anything in here. I've got to clean this out. Before you can clean it, you've got to take everything out of there and make a mess of it. Um, So you have to be ready to do that. You're not failing because you're not improving immediately. Um, it's okay if you're not okay. It's okay that you know you have low days. It's okay that you can't always be happy. It's completely fine. It's completely normal, and you don't need to beat yourself up for not being able to fix yourself. I guess getting exercise, eating well, getting sunlight, hanging out with people who positively influence your life. I am a very busy person, as lots of people will tell you, but I schedule in hours in the week to make sure that I have time to see my friends, to see my family, to do things away from study and away from sport that I enjoy doing, finding balance, not just working all the time, not just studying all the time. You also have to do things for yourself. As Emma says, Finding the small things that can help your brain and body can actually be a big part of getting well and, importantly, staying well. Discovering self-care practices that work for you and holding space for them are the golden keys to upkeeping our mental health. It's time we start thinking on our day-to-day. What can I do for my well-being? Just being able to um, go for a local sprint (laughs) down to the creek and back has really helped me. I actually realised that um, that diet is a big part of attention deficit hyperactive disorder, ensuring that you have a good set, like at least three good meals every day, really 
sets you up to um, do well and, and think, have a clearer mind. So um, for me, that was, that was really important. A, a good thing that I learned about from CPU was study smart. So that's a module on Moodle where they talk about um, think skills that you can use at the university that might help you in managing things like your time, managing your goal setting um, and setting good goals. I guess how to function function well at university. So that was that was something that I'd not seen before, and um, it was a good quick um, tool that I could use for an access pretty easily. As Raf has found, there are so many tools you can use, and being kind to yourself and giving time, and being ready to push through or or start again, are usually the best places to start. Look, I have failed so many subjects <laughs> um, and it's still going I'm, I'm gonna finish this degree and I'm gonna keep going that's for sure but like doesn't always go well is it still something that I'm learning about myself I'm learning how to manage everything's not going to get better all at once that's that's a journey <laughs> you've got to work through one thing at a time and this is something that I'm still working through there are so, so many people out there who want to help you and who can help you. You know, you might have someone in your life who's going through something rather difficult that you yourself can't help with, but there are so many services out there that can. There's so many affordable and there's so many free services even that you can refer people onto. So having, I think having a reasonable knowledge of the different support services that there are out there can be really helpful. Having them in, even in your phone so you can just flick them to someone straight away if they need help is something that's excellent. And just letting that person know that they're not alone is so, so helpful and that you're gonna you're there for them and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have things happen to you that uh out of your control and that you don't know how to deal with because we're all human beings we're not we're not robots we're not programmed to understand exactly what to do when a bug hits us having that belief that it's okay to seek help and it's okay to give people help and it's okay for that person to be going through a rough time is really important great advice for all of us there as emma says and experienced herself Reaching out to others makes a big difference. That's something that we can all do. You don't have to be a superhero, just an everyday hero. It's about checking in and being there. Be kind, listen, and hear what people are saying. Uh, I really valued when someone just says, I hear you, or okay, um, but yeah, not, not trying to fix things. Well, if you're not a health professional, like most people, you don't have to give advice. That's the biggest thing for people is letting them know that, that you're not the only one going through this or have been through this. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We'll get through it together. Great advice for all of us there. Thanks for listening to Real Students, Real Stories. As Raf, Emma and Asaba's story show us, getting help isn't giving up, it's refusing to give up. If you're going through a tough time, you don't have to do it alone. Reach out to CQ Uni Student Counselling.
or CQUni Out of Hours Student Support Line. Details at cqu.edu.au backslash counselling. For 24-hour crisis phone support, contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Lastly, if there's someone in your life that may be struggling or acting differently, check in on them. You can ask, are you okay? Listen, encourage action and check back in. Because what we know is that learning that someone cares can change a life. Visit areyouokay.org.au for more information. Thanks to our students who shared their experiences here. And thank you for listening to this Seek University podcast to help everyone deal better with mental health.